hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, does your agency spend an exorbitant amount of time collecting insurance information or chasing down prospects to get its information or even get their deck pages? Well, my newest podcast sponsor, Canopy Connect, has built a one-click solution that allows agency to instantly and securely collect the insurance information that they need to quote a prospect. They can go on this and they can collect everything from deck pages, asset information, policy information, drivers. You can get claims and so much more. How cool would that be and how streamlined would that be for your agency to be able to get all that information without all the hassle, without being intrusive, without bugging your client? Super cool, right? They've developed this stuff for you to help you to become a better insurance agent. And that's the platform that I stand on on my show. I really want to make your lives easier and help you become a better insurance professional. Well, my friend Tolga over there at Canopy Connect has created a web link that I want you to go to and you can check it out, set up a demo, talk to Tolga, whatever you want to do. It's app.usecanopy.com backslash Heath. That's my name backslash Heath, H-E-A-T-H. Go to that link and it'll be in the show notes. So check it out. Click the link in the show notes uh, when you get done listening to this episode and check it out. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Today, I'm excited because I've got one of my very best friends on the show today and he's a realtor. So the conversation is going to be very beneficial to you. I really think it's going to help you a lot. This The stuff that we go through, the realtors and the insurance division, the insurance industry, we kind of cross, you know, we have a lot of the same issues. We have a lot of the same processes, procedures that we go through. It translates in so many ways. He also tells us, you know, how we can be a better referral partner to the realtor. And, you know, we kind of discuss how that partnership can be reciprocated better. And I really think you're going to enjoy the conversation. He's very, very bright. He's very intellectual. But at the same time, we have a really good time on this talk. I, I'm super excited. My guest today is Jay Coates of Keller Williams in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, but again, I think the conversation is super and you're going to really get a lot out of it. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Mr. Jay Coates. My man, Jay. How you doing, brother? Doing well. How are you, Heath? Man, I am good. I am really good. So for, I got it. I got to tell the listeners, I wasn't going to do this, but I've got to. Jay and I have become really close friends over the last couple of years, and we actually had a really good showing at my mom's house, uh, my mother-in-law's house yesterday. So we were just talking about that a minute ago, and I'm super pumped about that. So thank you very much. Just to set the tone, guys, uh, this conversation may be a little different just because of the personal friendship that he and I have. So that being said, um, you ready to do this thing? Yeah, man, let's do it. All right, so I've never had a realtor on the show before. Normally, we're, we're insurance-based, so I know you, but uh, let's tell my audience a little bit about you. Let's take a trip down memory lane. You tell me as far back as you want to go and lead me to where you is today. All right. Well, serial entrepreneur started, uh, I guess, selling popsicles at eight years old on the corner of my, my parents' street where I grew up. The next summer, we were selling for 25 cents a pop. The next summer, I brought that little kid across the street in to sit outside in the heat. And I sat inside, gave him 10 cents, and kind of was addicted to the game. Shut up. Just, 
<laughs> you had your first employee at age nine. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, he was okay. happy. He got a. He got a. I think he got a new toy at the end of the summer for the money he made. <laughs> but that that pretty much that probably is the genesis of the entrepreneur book. Oh, I like that's helping hilarious. people, and the best way to help people is help them succeed. So right. Fast forward on to college. I guess high school. Really debilitatingly shy. I switched schools so many times, never really had consistent friends and had to reinvent myself or meet new people every time. And you do that so often through growing up, you just develop a shell. Went to college shy with the intent of not being shy coming out of it and went to Stephen F. Austin. It was a great school, got an awesome social education, got out of college and started trying to find work. Was a financial okay. advisor for a year. Got a opportunity to somewhat mirror a company that I'd worked for in the past, and it worked. We did that for a decade. It was collateralized asset acquisitions. We bought bankrupt auto debt. It was whoa. Well, you got to say that again. That's a fun title. Collateralized. What did you say? Collateralized asset acquisitions. We bought pools of assets, pools of debt. Okay. With the car as collateral, and it was great. We made a lot of money. But okay. We also had to repossess a lot of vehicles, and that didn't sit with me very well. We tried our hand at a restaurant, epic failure, learned a lot, moved, moved here to Little Rock after we closed the restaurant and started in the real estate game. And you moved and here knowing nobody. I knew my 92-year-old grandmother who moved six months later. My uncle and my cousins are here. But really, that was it. Okay. I think that's the 92-year-old has a better chance of making you friends than – I'm just kidding. No, that's yeah, fantastic. Actually, I'll tell you what, as plugged in as she was, absolutely. <laughs> and so you moved here, and I know you started off in commercial real estate, mm -hmm. and uh, you've transitioned from that a little bit. But tell me if that was like moving to a, a state you didn't know anyone, and now you're trying to get leases and sell commercial real estate. What does that look like? When we made the decision to move to Little Rock, it was also a decision to move industries. And I decided, all right, I'm going to get into real estate. What that meant, I had no idea. So I took my test. All I knew is I needed a license to do stuff. So I got a license. We moved here. And honestly, I started trying to do the development thing. Had a little fourplex I was trying to build downtown. Got up to underwriting and didn't work, which hindsight, probably a good thing. And then just started looking around for jobs. I needed a job. So I, I signed up with Keller Williams. I've been in sales my whole life since selling popsicles and really didn't know what I wanted to do. I spent the first six months, eight months trying to figure it out. Tried commercial, love commercial, still working a couple of deals I started three years ago. But I have a kid, needed to have some cash flow. And I was provided an opportunity to become a listing agent on a team here, took it, found out I'm pretty good at it. Two, two and a half years later, here we are. So is Jay Coates a, a team player? Is he a good team player? Is that something that you're good at? You're better as a solo artist? Or what does that look like for you in a team in real estate? <laughs> for us insurance people that don't know how that works to have a team in real estate. Explain what that looks like. The most intelligent person in the room is the one who knows what they're good at and knows what they're not. I am not good at a lot of things. A team, in my eyes, helps everyone focus on what they're good at for the betterment of everyone. So, for example, the first thing I did, I started out on my own. This <laughs> timing was phenomenal. Started out on my own in February, left the team, went out and did Jay Coates solo agent February. Six weeks later, everything shut down. 
So <laughs> that's a whole nother story, which yeah, it, it honestly, good thing. If you can fight through the bad times, when you come out on the good times, you're going to be that much further ahead. So when, <laughs> when I first started out on my own, it was scary. And honestly, I'm kind of rambling, not really remembering what the original question was. You're good. <laughs> There's a lot of people can resonate teams. with that. The first yes. thing I did, the first thing I did <laughs> squirrel. was squirrel. Hey, that's that ADD. Again, back to I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not. <laughs> right. I love uh, it. First thing I did was bring somebody in that was very detail oriented for contracts. Okay. The first, I, I've only done one deal since February where I fully handled paperwork. The amount of time I spent on paperwork was so much greater than the amount of time that she's going to spend on it. So she cost me essentially 250 bucks a transaction. It was taking me three hours to fill out a piece of paperwork, give it to the broker, have her tell me how wrong it is, fix it, do it two or three more times. In the fifth iteration, I finally have a good contract. I could have been out getting more deals, doing right. what I'm good at. So 250 bucks is nothing to me. Right. For her to get it done right the first time and for me to go out and get a couple more relationship deals. So talking to your, uh, going back a minute to your former team, and I knew your former employer, uh, so to speak. And one of the things that he would say about you probably to this day is one of the things you helped him with was implementing systems and procedures and processes. Is that something you learned from the restaurant game? Is that something you learned from popsicles when you were nine? <laughs> something instilled in you as a kid? I mean, or is that just something you just had to learn and figure out because that's huge. And I know you're a big reader. Is that something that you caught on with reading? Every time I talk to you, you've read some new books. I didn't know uh, where <laughs> this stuff comes from. I am not a systems person. I'm not a very detailed person. I'm not a do it by the numbers drawer. I'm a wing it guy. You can't really have the success that I envision myself having as a wing it guy. So it's, and it's, the restaurant really did help because when you build a taco, you got to build it in a certain order. <laughs> right. Implementing systems was a necessity at the restaurant. Moving forward to this, and really the restaurant opened my eyes as to the value of a system and a procedure. It's taken the long way to go the short route. It's yes, it's going to be difficult on the front end implementing the systems. Your people are going to be more efficient because of it. They're going to be happier because of it, more satisfied because of it. And at the end of the day, you're going to make more money because of it. So again, back to I know what I'm good at, I know what I'm not. It doesn't matter what I want. It's what's best for everyone else. And what's best for everyone else is efficiency and profitability. And so and that's a thing that as we're in an insurance town podcast, welcome to insurance town. And uh, <laughs> we deal with that. We deal with that on a regular it's basis. It's a sales game. Y'all deal with this exact same thing we do. We're just talking about a different widget. You're exactly right. But efficiency is something that, you know, it, it, it always goes down. Even my kids at home, uh, you know, I've got three kids at home. The listeners know that. And I'm talking to them all the time. I'm being more efficient. I talk to my wife about it. I'm working in my own game. And so it's one of those things that it's tough for all of us. So again, different widget. It's the 80-20 principle. 20% of the agents do 80% of the product productivity. So yeah. let's say 20% of the agents are actually good agents. Of those 20%, maybe 5% have effective systems in place where efficiency just takes hold and it's a, a machine. Efficiency allows your people to have guidance. So the worst thing you can do, in my opinion, for an employee is to put them in the chair and say, good luck, figure it out. Having a system in place, you put them in a chair, give them a book, pat them on the head and say, start reading. Here's what you do. 
A, B, C, D, E. If you do everything in this order, in this sequence, at the end of the year, you're going to make X. It's predictability, which predictability breeds safety and security. Safety and security breeds a happy employee. Happy employees make more money for you. You're, you're exactly right. And I think, you know, I, I forgot who it was. I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago on a podcast and it's resonating with me and I've said it every day since then. And I figured it out in my life, sounds like you have too, discipline is freedom. And I never would have thought of yes. it that way because in my life, if you'd have asked me <laughs> three years ago, I would have said, I don't ever want to work for a micromanager or a, you know. Well, there's a difference in a micromanager. That, that's, that's developing an internal system and having them communicate it every time they need to. An internal <laughs> system is not going to do anything. If the computer explodes, how are we going to get to all the documents? Sure. But I would have thought, I don't want anybody with thumb on me. I looked at it as they're trying to control me damn the man, those kind of things. But when you look at it, that statement has rung so true for me in the last two years since I've started to have more discipline in my life every day. And, you know, like you said, those systems, procedures, processes, I find myself, I can get eight hours work done and sometimes two or three hours because I'm more efficient. I can get certain things done because of shortcuts or efficiency secrets I've learned and I think too many agencies and too many uh, employees at an agency are listening to this right now and, and either yelling at the phone or the <laughs> screen they're looking at thinking, you know, I'm wrong. And the other one said, yes, you're right. Uh, Jay's right. Having that discipline is that freedom. And so you have that in it's, your employees. It's not even about being right and wrong. We're in an industry and you are, I mean, insurance is the same way. There's freedom to run your business the way you want to run your business. If winging it is good, if you like sitting on the edge of your seat every day, fine. There's, there, there's a lack of scalability to it though. And for my vision, it's how many people can I help throughout the year? I can't, there, there's a cap to that when I wing it. I wanna help as many people as I can, get into or out of housing, help in any situation they're in. I cannot do that. There's 24, it, one of the biggest realizations for me in the past five years is time. Time is the great equalizer. Everybody has 24 hours. Everybody has seven days a week. 52 of those a year, everyone, Trump down to me. So how can I maximize that time? The best way to maximize that time is efficiency. And it allows me to help as many people as I can. And that's one of those things as we've gone through the process of my own personal, you know, real estate transactions over the last little bit. And there's been a couple of them, you know, I, I've, I've apologized to you many a times for having to. How about deal. you tell your audience what, how, what they should do when the real estate professional gives them advice? Listen to the real estate professional. <laughs> so if you're, if you're listening to this going through the process, which again, I'm going to get into that in just a second. You made me think now my squirrel moment's happening, but so, but I've apologized to you many a times and said, I'm sorry if you have to deal with my crazy family, but you keep coming back to me and saying, don't worry about it. This is what I, I want to try to help people. This is what I do. I want to help people. And another thing you've said to me that's, you know, something I, I forget sometimes is you've learned through this process just as much as I have. And I think mm -hmm. that's something within you that I've learned being, you know, as close as we are the last two or three years that you're always learning. You're always looking for opportunities to grow. And that's something that too many people don't do. And so, again, I don't expect a comment, but I just want to say thank you for that, for showing me and for letting my listeners hear something that it's you do. It's always in human learning. capital. You've you got to invest in human capital. There is, the, I tell my son this every day, the minute you stop learning is the minute they bury you. That, if you 
if you say, I know, if you say, I already know, you've already committed to not learning. And if you commit to not learning, you're committing to self-destruction. If you're not going forward, you're either sitting still or moving backwards. You're 100% correct. And I think, you know, uh, I'll tell a little story um, since you didn't bring it up. Um, <laughs> I will. So Jay moves here, knows no one uh, outside of his 93-year-old whatever. But so, you know, we're in this chamber group together, and he comes to me and says, hey, let's go grab some lunch and, you know, let's discuss an idea I've got. And he has this idea back when I was selling insurance. Let's get a, a little group together um, to help, you know, share some ideas, maybe pass some referrals, whatever it may be. And at the time, I had no clue that he had, didn't know anybody. He had moved here from Dallas the day before or whatever. And to, to this day, three and a half years later, whatever it is, I, we still meet every single week i don't think we've missed very many um for breakfast when it's not and a cause of pandemic or anything we were there it's very consistent and okay so i tell you all that not to say how cool we are and how great we are but we'll get into that part too but i say like to say <laughs> yesterday we had a conversation yesterday with a, another insurance agent that joined us for the first time actually second time and we get in this conversation about building teams and about these things and about how the insurance process works versus how the real estate process worked. And again, going back to, there's a reason I'm going here, audience, going back to what he said, uh, always learning. And yesterday, you know, you were all in and you were just taking up as much as you could learn about the insurance process so that you can in turn help your referral partners down the road. Um, and I really thought that was incredibly helpful for all of us sitting there. We had financial advisor, insurance guy. We have a mortgage guy. We have you, we have me. Um, good conversation yesterday. Uh, anything you want to share on that? Like you said, the genesis of it was kind of scattered and it like three years later, three of my greatest friends are in this group and it's yep. turned into more of a buddies sitting down having coffee, which in my eyes is the best way to do business. <laughs> The education side of it, I'm, again, always learning, always knowing what lane I'm in, but being able to have enough information to point somebody in a proper direction. So what we were discussing yesterday was different insurance. I don't know the first, I sold insurance for nine months and still don't know anything about insurance. But what Lisa was telling me was enough information to where I could communicate it to somebody else. And that reciprocity of information helps both of us. Because all we do is talk to people every day. And my goal in every conversation I have is to provide value. Did I make you happier? No? Okay. Did I give you something that you can take with you? If, if somebody's having a bad day, and one of my favorite things to do is get telemarketer calls. Because you know that they're just turning and burning. They're not right. happy with their job. If you can make <laughs> one of them laugh, you've given them something. And also, I like pra practicing. I'm a, I'm a big believer in scripts and and. I guess, neuro-linguistic programming and all that fun stuff, there's, there's value in that. If you don't get value out of everything you do, like I said, you're going backward. Okay, so you just talked about scripts. Uh, tell me, scripts for cold calling, scripts for your employees, scripts for... And actually, I hate the term scripts because a script implies that you're saying it verbatim, word for word. Really, right. it's... I, li I like... Outline? Skills. Okay. It's, and one of the, I guess the hub around it is empathy. If you can't understand what somebody's really saying at the time, how are you going to be able to help them in a housing transaction? Okay. It's a very emotional transaction. 
So building empathy and everything around that. Once it, it's trust. I mean, it all comes down to trust. Okay. How are they going to do anything with you if they don't trust you? But, okay, so again, but you mentioned scripts, and I can't say that, and then we not get into it a second. So yeah, it's, you, you cold call, just like we do. Uh-huh. And I know, don't worry about the word scripts. We all use it in I the insurance you, industry. So we all have to do it. Um, some of the newer agencies that are listening to this right now, they're out cold calling, beating the streets every day. Some of the veteran agencies that are out there, they don't want to do it anymore because they feel like they've gotten to the point where they don't need to. But I feel like it's something that we all have to do at some point in our career. And this idea of scripts, I never had a script, you know, written for me. I always just, as you said earlier, I always wing it and just jump on the phone and go. But I think if I would have had some sort of outline, script, whatever you want to call it, I think it would have helped at least consistency uh, in my calls. And there it is. Okay, consistency. Go. All everything we've been talking about goes back to consistency, the efficiency, the building of a team, the systems, the processes, the scripts, the way that you answer the phone, make a phone call, all the way to when you sit at the closing table. Go to McDonald's, it's gonna take them 90 seconds to get you the exact same burger every single time. Now take away the name of the actual company. Go to a different fast food burger place, Bob's, just random burger place. It's different. And it's going to be different the next time you come in because their processes aren't installed. They're doing the winged approach. And again, restaurants are the most systematically driven companies that I've been in. If it's burger, bun, meat, cheese, burger, or bun every time. And all of this consistency through systems, teams, trust, builds trust, essentially. Once you build trust, that's it. Your word's gold. Now, you have to know what you're doing. And internally, you have to have a good heart moving forward. And if you're doing things with nefarious intent, that's just manipulation. If you're helping people and have a good heart in what you're doing, it's benefiting everybody. But the consistency, efficiency to build trust, predictability, and that's one of those things that salesmen get a bad rap for because they think that we don't care. They think we just want the next sale. And there's some out there that do. Like you said, there's probably 80% of salespeople that are like that. But for those oh. listening to this call, my audience, they're all excellent salespeople. And they're all people who, you know, in that 20%. So uh, right now, whether you're listening in Arizona, hi, Jim, or if you're listening in uh, <laughs> California, Arkansas, wherever you're listening, you know, uh, if you're told over in London, um, Wherever you're listening at, the market is hot right now in real estate. Uh, you're in a hot market uh, because you know rates are good or people are moving or this or that, whatever that may be. What does what that look like for you? I mean, obviously, it's great when the market's hot. But the, as insurance is the same way. You go through cycles, hot market, cold market, You know, hot cycles, cold cycles. Uh, in real estate, it's very volatile as well. Uh, doesn't talk have to me to on be, that. Though. Okay, talk to me what you mean by that. Focus doesn't on the process. There, the, here at our little office in, at Keller Williams, there's a saying, focus on the process, not the outcome. If you focus on the process, not how well your balance sheet's doing, the money will come. And when we, again, I started February 1st on my own as a new agent, essentially starting over again. And through COVID, that was a big shift. It was a speed bump. It was, okay, I cannot go into my office every day, sit down and call for sale by owners and expires anymore. It's illegal. Now what? Uh, two weeks trying to figure it out. And it's really funny. I went through all five stages of grief in those three first three weeks. Oh no, this is, uh, I made a wrong choice. This is terrible. Eh, we'll figure it out. And 
three weeks later, figured it out. Got my first listing four weeks later. I ended up only 30 days behind my, I guess, projections of where I wanted myself to be. And in a pandemic, I think that's okay. Moving, moving from focusing on how many listings I have to how well I'm doing my job. And my job every day is to get in and call people to make sure that deals I have are moving forward and to make sure the listings and buyers I have are moving forward. But I can't get more lists. I, I can't do those last three things without the first thing. So how do I get more listings? When we had the shift, it went from make 10 phone calls to get one deal to you might have to make 100 to get one deal. And we, another Keller Williams saying double down. So we double down. Okay. Instead of two hours of Legion every day, we do four. So four hours of phone calls, four hours of Facebook, four hours of whatever it is, you double down. Focusing on the process, not the outcome. So doubling down on lead gen will give you a double down approach on everything to follow. So yes, it is a very volatile industry, but so is everything else. It, sure. Look at, I mean, this is, everything's weird right now, but look at lumber prices. They, they're, they've skyrocketed. Things are more difficult to build now because they're more expensive. Things, if you worry yourself about what the economy is going to do to your pocketbook and your business, that's going to take most of the bandwidth up in your head. If you focus on your processes and doing your job the best that you can, that bandwidth is taken up. You're not worrying yourself with the, oh no, what ifs. And when you sit back and look at the outcome, you've probably done better. And, and to be honest, you definitely feel better. So, but... Okay, so I like the double down. I wrote that down. Uh, and I wish you could coin that, but you got to give it to Keller Williams. I get it. Um, but I think KFC has that one. Okay. <laughs> Probably. So <laughs> what you're telling me then and what we tell the audience is whether rates are good, rates are bad, whether um, your houses sell in all markets, people buy insurance in all markets. It's your job to go find them. Okay, so double down. Don't be lazy uh, and figure it out took you three weeks, but you figured it out. And now you have listings all the time. You got things going on. You're working with me on a couple of deals. You're working. It's funny that group we event, we mentioned earlier, we're all in each other's stuff. Now <laughs> the lenders all up in my no stuff. Kidding. You're all up in his stuff. The financial advisors working with all of us, the insurance lady. I'm borrowing money from Robbie to go add on to a house. <laughs> I've got your insurance. Then I've got David meeting with me on January 27th it's, to go put our financial so plan together. It's so funny. Just, and that goes back to uh, if you're new agent, old agent, or if you've been here for a while, I shouldn't say old, experienced agent, um, <laughs> whatever that looks like for you, right? Whatever that looks like, uh, I, I do believe in uh, having a referral team, a whatever you want to call it. Your core four. You're, you got to yeah. have your core four. Um, like the Fantastic Four? Is that what that is? The core four? I think actually that was the New York Yankees back in the 90s, but it <laughs> rhymes and I like I like rhyming. <laughs> right. My wife loves alliterations. You love rhyming. So it works. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, I love alliteration. Oh, gosh. Let's not get into English talk because she drives me crazy with her alliterations. But it's easy so, to remember. Sorry. They are. Uh, <laughs> squirrel. So the core four. Uh, are you referring to the lender, the realtor, the insurance, and the what? It has nothing Who's... to do with their jobs. Okay. It's just four, four... people. It, it, okay. I trust you with my child. Right. So I know that – how do I go with this? Jason, y'all, little man. The three, the three of y'all are out there preaching my name. Yeah, I know every for day. the fact that if you hear about houses, you're going to think about me and probably refer me. Yep. And 
that's what I mean by core four. That's your team of advocates. You okay. people out there that are pounding the ground, doing their job, but while they're doing it, have you in the back pocket. That's your core and, four. And that's 100% true. Uh, and we've all been there to where when we needed to get uh, a loan to build our house, we called Robbie. When we needed a realtor, we called you. We all work with David. He's all up in our bills and helping yeah. us with I think David knows planning. more about all of us than right most people and so it's super cool that we're all up and you know helping each other out and i would say that to anyone listening find you a a team a power team a core four whatever you want to call it find that and i think it goes back to what you and i talk about a lot and what everyone knows but in both our businesses it's all about the relationships mm-hmm Anything you want to add to make me sound better when it comes to this uh, idea of having your core four or having your team, having your trust, the relationship game, anything like that? You nailed it. It's the relationship game. This is not, I'm in the trust business. I just happen to sell real estate. My entire premise is, again, I want to help people and it, I can't help people if I don't have a relationship with them. What, the degree of relationship is irrelevant, but a relationship nonetheless. I got a call last night, signed call on a house I listed yesterday morning, and it was a lady I called two and a half years ago. And we talked for about 15, 20 minutes, really, really sweet lady. She had been in real estate before. And for whatever reason, she said, you're going to be a great success. And I called her, I, I have systems to where I call sporadically throughout, email sporadically throughout, and mail sporadically throughout. So two and a half years later, she hadn't answered the phone since. She calls me last night saying, hey, I've been getting all your stuff. So proud of you. Love what you're doing. Love seeing the emails. Really appreciate the handwritten notes. Would you mind showing me this house tonight? I couldn't show it last night, so we went and saw this morning. But just because she wasn't answering the phones, and that's one of the hardest things to, I'm sure y'all go through this too in insurance. Are they getting it? Did they right. see the email? I left a message. Did they listen to it? We never know. But back to focus on the process. Yeah, I think. Never answered the phone. In so, two and a half years, never answered the phone. But, but it knew goes back to you never everything. stopped. You never no. stop sending. You never stop doing it. And so many times we quit. And there's a the only time I'll there. stop calling you is if you tell me to stop calling. You. <laughs> okay. Uh, so there's a stat out there in insurance that it takes like I think nine phone calls before you get something done, and then it drops down to seven, and you get this percentage and six, and the amount of touches in a sales process helps and. Anyway, I find that fascinating. So many people quit. The, the funny thing about the statistic was most people quit after three. Real estate has the exact same thing. Most people in real estate, they tell us after two, and it takes 18. Yeah, maybe it was 18. I don't know what the number was, but the point being, most people stop at three. So mm-hmm. when I was selling in insurance, I would at least try to make it to five, even though no one's just do 18. But again, um, I uh, I think that's, that's huge. It's a big part of, you know... Um, of what you're doing to make you more successful is you didn't quit. You didn't give up on that. And going back to this trust thing and your processes, um, just like insurance, you have a lot of different people involved in your process outside of your control. When I called you, you were like, okay, you need to call this inspector. You're going to have this guy to do this. And you're going to have this person help you with your closing, this person, your title person and your lender. And you've got all these people. Um, is that a, is that a process that took you a while to do to build those trust with those people or you had to put those people in place 
Three and a half years with the lender. Yeah. I mean, it it really is. I don't, when I recommend somebody, that's an extension of me. And if they do something that's, that I, that that's not with my core values, my company's core values, that's not good. So first understanding what people back to the empathy thing, understanding what they're doing this for moving forward to building the trust and knowing that they're going to do the job. That's, that's somebody I'm happy to refer and to build out a system. Yeah. It's taken two years, but I'm still working on it. It's right. always daily, daily, daily. And the minute you stop working on your business is the minute you shut the doors. It is an ever evolving process. True. Very true. And so I wanted to get into, okay, so while we're on this topic a little bit, there's a lot of insurance agents listening to this that are trying to work with realtors, trying to get referrals from realtors and lenders. Um, Those are usually our two biggest referral sources. And we benefit obviously from the two of those more than anything else. What is a is something you could tell my audience right now as they've been waiting for me to ask this question for 30 something minutes now <laughs> what what is something you could tell them what would appeal to you as a referral partner um to get more business from a realtor and help them to close deals with the realtor be consistent doesn't matter what you do just do something consistently if it's Talk, call them once a week. Sure. Call them once a week. Be consistent about it. Provide some value. Hey, this recently happened in insurance. It's going to affect your homeowners. You might want to let them know. There's like what we were, and it's really weird because not weird. It's, it's a difficult process to get into because at the end of the day, it's the client's decision. And most, a lot have insurance car, whatever. And they think, all right, I'm just going to call my my current insurance person. But finding an agent that has just inherent trust from his people is critical. That uh, There's a lot of real estate agents out there and there's a lot of insurance agents out there. What makes me better than the next person? The fact that I've built up a relationship with you. Do the same thing with the real estate agents. Build a relationship. Be consistent about it. The, the business will come. There's not one thing and there's no there's no hidden secret. It's it's not rocket science. Be consistent, be predictable, be trustworthy, be kind, respectful, and genuine. And the business is going to come. Hey, you're a realtor. What can I do to help your business? I'm an insurance. I don't know what that means. I don't know how I can help you. Be thinking about how I could help you. And I'll call you next week. Ring, ring. Hey, remember last week I told you be thinking about how I could help you? Did you come up with anything? No. Okay. Talk to you next week. At some point, they're going to give you something and do it because that's going to be the test. Oh, you're going to tell you, you can help me by doing X and you don't, then go find another job. Okay. So (laughs) insurance guy calls Jay Coates. Are you going to tell him, I need you to go put my signs out for me every day? (laughs) No, best, honestly, (laughs) hey, and I'm going to tell Lisa this too, put together a one sheet for me. I need a one sheet on what Buyers need to be aware of when entering into a real estate contract in a new home. I need to know what sellers should be aware of. Having a one sheet would be helpful. And now that we're talking about it, Lisa's, I'm going to ask for a one sheet from Lisa. And you should. And uh, I think that would help to have with your information packet, like you gave me, um, that that sure does go a long way to, to help educate you in the process and me. So, um, okay. So we've talked about, a lot of different things. We've we've been all over the place on this whole thing, but I do want agents that are listening. Yeah, your download I mean, count's about to drop. No, this is going to be killer. <laughs> it's funny the podcasts that I think are going to be 
you know, the ones with the worst downloads are the ones that are number one. And, you know, they're like, oh, Heath was all over the place on this one. They end up having quadruple the downloads of the next one. So I think this would be great. Um, two buddies talking. But while I've got a realtor on the phone uh, or on the line with me on the podcast, I think it is something that I, I think my audience would be mad at me if we didn't at least try to give them something to take away besides make muffins and be consistent. Um, surely we could brainstorm. your house today. <laughs> you okay? Refinance your house or go buy a new one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, we, we've talked about a lot of good <laughs> stuff, actually. I think we've provided some good value here. Um, I do feel like uh, one of the things that I do want to bring up, just because you and I are both in this, I love to read self-help books or like process mm-hmm. books or selling books or whatever. And uh, you and I just recently, uh, you might be still in the middle of it, I, I finished just finished recent. it this morning. The Infinite Game? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Such a good book. Um, Such a good book. And uh, I, I just... And that's, have, honestly, that's what I was alluding to earlier. Let's have a book club. That, that's what I was alluding to earlier. Once you change the mindset from Infinite Game, Finite Game. Infinite Game never ends. Finite Game is football. There's a score. Yeah, and if everybody is playing by the same rules... Oh, so good. But... Back to what I was saying about taking my eye off the ball and worrying about listing count. At the end of the day, that doesn't matter. And my belief, honestly, up until last Friday, has been my bank account is the scoreboard of life. It does not matter at all, at all, if I don't enjoy that life. So it literally has been one week from today. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning to get on an airplane, listen to a book called, uh, oh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, straight into this one. And seven days later, it's completely shifted my focus. And my I'm satisfied leaving work. So think about that. If you're always chasing something, how are you ever going to be satisfied? And what person doesn't want to be satisfied in what they do every day? There's joy in that. So taking your eye off of listing count for me and on how many people... and I'm workshopping it. This is very early. It's how many people can I help in housing or in my area? How many people can I get into housing who choose to do so? It, it's around housing. Again, workshopping it. But that's my core belief, my core vision. My company is going to be based on housing and making sure that every person who wants to be in a home can be. What that means, I don't know. Moving forward, that's that's what <laughs> earlier today, I got a phone call and you know, when you get a call from someone, you don't really, you know, it's going to be a difficult conversation. That thing in the back of your neck stands up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've all up. got it. And as it went up, and this is the don't, don't, uh, subtle art of not giving an F. All right. Why, why am I irritated right now? What has me anxious? Well, I know this is going to be a difficult conversation. What makes it difficult? Well, it might not close the deal. Well, what does that really matter in my core belief system. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with it. My core belief is helping people in housing. Answer the phone and help it. Right. And it instantly that anxiety goes away. Answering the phone with the tone of, of deference instead of irritation starts the conversation off easy. And it's not a bad phone call. But that shifting from a finite mindset to an infinite mindset is the most valuable thing anybody can take away from this past 30 minutes read that book oh that book is amazing 
It really read, is. Listen, Audible's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. And that's one of the things that I had to do. I started off reading it and then, you know, I'm a huge, uh, I, I like podcasts. And I like listening to books. And so uh, that's one of the things I had to do was finish it on audio. But the parts that I read, it was just absolutely fantastic. Um, and I can't, um, I can't tell you how much it helped me as well, especially as we're doing a little uh, book club here. Uh, again, we may edit this out. Who knows? But when I was talking about looking at your competition differently and not seeing them as competition, the rivals, seeing them yeah. uh, as worthy rivals that will yeah. help you to get better at your own game. Mm -hmm. I think that was huge for me because like you said a minute ago, there's a, a gazillion realtors and a gazillion insurance agents out there. And we could play the game of, you know, he's my competition. He's my competition. But like you said earlier, even within your own office of you're bringing donuts to those other people that are in a sense, your competition. Will you get anything out yeah. of it? Who knows? I mean, who knows? But for me, that helped me a lot instead of being so focused. Sorry, I got a glare here. Instead of being so focused on uh, my competition being, mm -hmm. you know, my competition, it just it was huge for me. It, leading up to the last Friday for the past four or five weeks, and I'm a big believer in being the same person in all three phases of life. So I'm going to be an open book no matter what. And it's play, home, and work. So past four or five weeks have been extremely difficult for me simply because I took my eye off the ball. I started focusing more on listing count. Why are these people getting more listings than I am? I should be here. I need to do this. And it drove me into the ground. I was burnt out didn't want to go to work. And those two books, granted, I, I was on top of a mountain all day listening to half of one, but that it's changed small sample size seven days later. It's changed my life. Yeah. Uh, Focusing it, on what's important to you, not what's important to society will give you satisfaction. Yeah. I, uh, I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier. And it's one of those things that, you know, there is no winner in life. You know, it's like mm -hmm. no matter how much money I make or power I accumulate, it's that question of did I perpetuate how do, how was it? It was like that perpetuate through the, my behavior the things that I value the most and the things yeah. that that are bigger than me. And that's Dude, what you when said. he started talking about the kids, yes. Oh, yep. That right there. That that was the biggest aha in the seven hours I listened to that book. Yep. Yeah. What I'm trying to do is perpetuate my genes. The best way I can do it is by raising a gentlemanly young man. Yep. So Granted. again, uh, you, you got a realtor talk and you got a book club on the infinite game. You're welcome, Simon Sinek. Um, so uh, my it, just one last thing on that. Have you watched? Yeah, the Challenger, yeah, yeah. The Challenger Netflix series. Okay. Oh, there. You know the the Challenger that exploded in early. I think it was early yes. '80s. So one of the one of the uh, examples he gives in the book is NASA and their moonshot. That's how we got moonshot. We're going to get to the moon, and everybody thought it was such a unrealistic possibility that once it was achieved, everybody looked back and said, now what? Yeah. And watching those four episodes, literally as I'm reading this book, listening to this book, you can see what happened to NASA after they took their eye off the infinite game. They started worrying more about being the most technologically advanced, getting the most uh, shuttles into the atmosphere. And at the end of the day, it caused six, seven people to die in the early eighties and another six to die in the odds taking their eye off the infinite game costs lives we don't have that much of at stake but that right there is a perfect example of what you can achieve by 
furthering a purpose versus what you can, who you can hurt and how negative it can be if you chase the stats, chase the numbers, chase the, the glory when it comes down to it. Yep, you're 100%. I, I love having these conversations. We do this every almost every day anyway, but it was cool to record one of these. As we're wrapping up a little bit, I, I'm going to hit mute again and shut up. And if you have any other dro- nuggets of wisdom or gold nuggets you want to drop out of your mouth that you want to drop on us now would be the time to do so. If you don't, we'll edit to make it sound like you did. Um, but I'm I, putting I think a that, timer on myself. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I, I'm going to hit mute. My audience loves it because I'll shut up for a minute and let you drop some knowledge on us. Inspire us, educate us, whatever comes to mind. Three, two, one, and you. If you're an insurance salesperson, pick up the book, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Once you finish that book, get his list of 12 and start down that list. It is not only great for your sales life, it's great for your personal life. I made my wife listen to that first one, the Never Split the Difference book, Improved Our Home Life. If you're not trying to improve yourself, your competition, your rivals are, and they're going to do better than you at the end of the day. And what does that mean? There's people out there that are possibly writing bad insurance deals. How are you comfortable letting that happen? Go get the business. Don't let it happen. Period. Done. Wow. 30 seconds. You could have went on. We were probably all just on the edge of our seats or about to wreck our cars listening. That was good. Um, So I will definitely check out those books for myself too. Um, So before we get off here, uh, I want people to be able to reach out to you um, and either ask you questions, talk to you about things, or if they want to refer you business, whatever the case may be, I want you to share whatever info you feel like sharing, email address, phone number, text message. I, I don't care. Yeah. Facebook, anything you want to share. I want, I want my audience to hear it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and share all my info. You can call me 501-444-2172. Email the letter J. C-O-A-T-E-S at KW.com. Probably the most efficient way for your listeners to get a hold of me is just friend me on Facebook. Let's start as friends and we'll work from there. Sounds like a plan. Um, And I will put the link to his email address in the show notes so y'all can check that out. Um, And then, uh, you know, reach out to him. He'll be able to help you out or talk to you. And I'd love to know how we could help y'all out. I mean, this is, it, it goes Two ways. Rising yep. tide lifts all ships, whatever it is. So if there's some ideas out there right. on how realtors can help out insurance agents, open. 100%. I'd love to learn more. I think that's incredible. And I love that. Uh, so thank you again. I, I appreciate the time. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you in about 10 minutes. But <laughs> thanks a lot. Audience, thanks you. Have a good day. Hey guys, thank you so much for checking out my conversation today with Jay Coates. I really hope that the conversation that we had brought value to your day today. It's really important to me that we do that. And guys, I can't thank you enough for all the downloads, the subscriptions, to uh, telling your friends about the show. That means the world to me. And my emails continue, actually from week one to now, continue to grow. I continue to get emails, feedback. If you've not emailed me yet, I'd love to hear your feedback. Even if it's just a quick email to say you're doing awesome or you can improve this or that, I love feedback too, uh, positive or negative. So feel free to reach out to me. I would love that. Uh, Guys, as you know, I I could not do this podcast without my buddy Ryan over at Ready, Set, Podcast. He does such a great job. If you have an idea for a show, 
you really ought to reach out to my man. He could do all the recording. He could do the editing. He could even host your platform for you and, and put it out there for you like he does for me. I, this guy's incredible. Uh, go check him out at GetReadySetPodcast.com. Or you can find him on Instagram or Facebook or any other social platform. He puts out some killer content on LinkedIn, by the way. You ought to check that out, too. His name is Ryan Mayfield. Get Ready, Set Podcast, turning your brilliant ideas into a reality. Guys, again, I thank you so much for listening each and every week. I know you have a lot of choices out there. I appreciate you spending a good hour or so with me every week. Continue to tell your friends, continue to listen. And uh, again, I appreciate all you do for me. Have a good week, guys. I'll see you next time.